Masechet Kedushin Daf Samech. Yesterday we saw Machloket between Rav and Shemuel regarding the case of a man who says to a woman, Here, you are Mikudesh to me, Merchav, Ulachas Sheloshim Yom, from now and after 30 days, which is quite ambiguous. Now, Shemuel says it's not so ambiguous. It seems simple that he made a condition. You are married to me from now. If I don't change my mind over the next 30 days, in that case, as long as he doesn't change his mind, the first guy is married to her. If someone else would swoop in in the middle, well, then that guy is maybe married until the 30 day comes. And if the first guy didn't change his mind, then retroactively his kiddushin is first and she's married only to the first guy. So, so according to Shemuel, it's not a, it's not a problem. According uh, to once it's 30 days, then she's simply married to the first guy. According to Rav, however, he's not sure maybe it, maybe this language means a condition but maybe it means he changed his mind first he says from now he says no i changed my mind i'm not quite ready yet to jump into this marriage you know what i want to do it after 30 days so therefore he might mean only after 30 days does it uh, uh is it does it come into effect in which case the guy that swoops in in the middle before the 30 days and does it first then he would be the rightful husband um, because his comes first, but we're not sure if it means that Chazara, maybe it means it tonight, like Shemuel, and therefore she's Mikudeshet, and then Mikudeshet, she has to get a get from both guys if she ever wants to get married properly to anybody else. All right, that's what we were up to. Amar Abaye, Ul Tameh Derav, Ba'e Had V'amar Lahare At Mikudeshet Di Mechshav Ulahar Shiloshim Yom. Uba'achir V'amar Lahare At Mikudeshet Di Mechshav Ulahar Asrim Yom. Uba'achir V'amar Lahare At Mikudeshet Di Mechshav Ulahar Asara Yamim. Merishon U'me'acharon Sirichaget, Memsa'i Ena Sirichaget. Abaye says, according to the reasoning of Rav, that this language, it doesn't matter what each husband thinks himself, but rather this language itself, um, how do we parse it? If we parse it that we're not sure, either it's a condition or he changed his mind. Well, in the following interesting case, let's say you have man A says, Mr. A will call him, uh, says you are Mikodesha to me from now, now and after 30 days. Okay, so now we don't know what he means. All right, now a second guy comes the next day and says, you are Mikodesha to me now and after 20 days. Then on the third day, a third guy, Mr. C, comes along and says, you are Mikodesha to me from now and after 10 days. So now we have one big sefek. What does she have to do if she wants to get remarried? Well, she actually only needs to get from Mr. A and from Mr. C. But Mr. B, there's no chance that that marriage is effective. Why? Because it's either one way or another. If it's a tenai, we're parsing them all the same way. Because again, it doesn't matter what Mr. this particular guy thinks in his mind. It's just this this phrasing from now and after this many days. Uh, they all mean the same thing, however, whatever, whichever way they mean. So if they all, if we parse them all as a condition, so eat the first, and Mr. A says, a condition from now, if I don't change my mind. And then the second guy said on condition for the second day. And the third guy said a condition from now on the third day. So if they're all conditioned, and assume, assuming none of them ends up changing their minds, then the, Mr. A is the one that did Kiddushin first, and it's retroactive to, the, to that first day when he does it, and therefore his Kiddushin is the Kiddushin, and Mr. B and Mr. C are out. 
Therefore, in that in that possibility, there could be that she's married to Mr. A, and she she would need a get. Now, if it's if we parse this language to mean that the person that the guy changed his mind, first he said from now, then he said no, no, forget it after thirty days, and second guy said no, not forget from now, no, forget it after twenty days, and third guy after ten days. Well, the Mr. C, who said after 10 days, the 10 days is going to come before the 20 days and before the 30 days. And therefore, she is married to Mr. C. Therefore, either she's married to Mr. A or Mr. C. We're just not sure which one it is because we don't. this language is difficult and is ambiguous. But there's no possibility that she's married to Mr. B. Therefore, she only needs to get from two out of the three guys. Okay, very nice deduction. Now we ask, Peshita, isn't that obvious? Why do you even have to tell us that? Now, it really wasn't so obvious because this required a lot of mental gymnastics to figure out um, this conclusion. But still, once you do the mental gymnastics and you follow the logical conclusion, then it is a, a simple matter, right? How else would you be able to, par- be able to um, parse it? What other conclusion could you come to? Why did Abaye bother to teach this to us? And the answer is, I might have thought that this language can mean a tenai, it can mean a chazara for each and every person. That it goes by the person that Mr. A might have meant uh, that uh, he wanted to retract. And so, no, not from now, only after 30 days. But Mr. B wanted it to be retroactively from there, from then, day two. And in that case, Mr. B would be married. And so maybe it would depend on the a thought of each person. Therefore, Kamashmala, no, it's not about each person. This language itself, we parse objectively. We're just not sure if all three should be uh, uh, understood as a condition or all three should be con- understood as changing one's mind. That's all Abaye's opinion. Now, Ula disagrees. Ula, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Ula, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, says, Afilu ba. He doesn't agree that it depends all one way or all, all, all the other way, but rather, let's say I had a hundred men that did this. Well, you'd have to have a longer amount of time, right? Or or split the day into, into parts. So one guy, Mr. A, says, you'll be married to me now and in a hundred days. The next guy comes on the next day and says, from now until uh, 99 days. Next guy comes right after, right? And uh, two, two minutes later and says, from now till 97 days and so on. Um, then that all of them, we have to worry, may, we don't know which one is which, which one is a condition, which one he changed his mind, some this way, some that way, and there's a possibility that any of any one of them is the real uh, guy who did the, whose, whose Kiddushin is effective, and therefore she requires a get from all of them. And so Rabbi Shashia, the son of Rabbi Ameh, said to Rabbi Ameh, I'll, I'll tell you the reason for Rabbi Yochanan, that for the, all these hundred men, each of them is like a row of bricks, but they leave a gap for the other because they say from now, and they also say, you know, after uh, this many days, so they're leaving a gap for someone to come in between and do something. It'll be like, you know, putting... A, a row of bricks and then but leaving a gap between uh, the next row of bricks and someone could stick a brick in between and so because they're all doing that there's always a possibility that someone else can come in and preempt the preempt if if the guy meant that it should only happen afterwards so this this guy is coming in and he could be the one that 
takes it first, but not necessarily. Maybe the guy who said from now, he meant from now, and therefore every possibility we have to account for. Now we have an objection from a Braita that says, uh, regarding on the other side, getting out of a marriage, if a person, if a man says, here is your get from today, and after death, which is the same ambiguous type of language. We mentioned this yesterday. Um, so this is a get and not a get. So since it's a safek get, if the guy dies without children, so he has to, the brother, the living brother has to do chalitza and not yibum. Why, uh, why does he have to do chalitza? Because maybe the get, maybe it's not a get. And therefore there's a, there's a zika, a requirement to do yibum. She can't get married unless she remarries someone else until she does chalitza. But she also can't do yibum because maybe they're not married. And, and because it is a good get. If it is a good get and the guy dies, even if a, a woman's, a woman is a widow because her husband died, uh, her ex-husband died, uh, rather, he, she still can't marry her brother-in-law. You can only do yibum if they're married and he dies without children and they're married at the time of death. But if you had to get divorced, then she's never allowed to marry her brother-in-law. That would be an isur karet. So him doing yibum would be an isur karet. And therefore, since we don't know which one it is, she needs chalitza and she can't do yibum. So now this paraita we can understand very well according to Rav, because Rav says a language like this is ambiguous. In the case of Kiddushin, it's ambiguous, and also in the case of Gitin, it also be ambiguous. We say from now and after death, we don't know what you mean. Is it from now? So then it is a get, or after death, and you can't have a get after death, so then they're, they're, they, they're, they're not divorced, but instead he dies and therefore you need to do um, uh, Yibum. Since it's ambiguous, it's a get, and it's not a get, it's a fake get, and therefore you have to be machmir. So Rav will be consistent, and he's totally fine with this opinion. Shumal also could, could not explain this b'raita, that this b'raita is the opinion of Rabbanan, and Shemuel himself follows Rabbi. We saw the expanded b'raita yesterday, that in this exact case, uh, Chachamim said, get ve'no get, and Rabbi said, kaze get. Because Rabbi uh, and Shemuel, Shemuel explains it, says that this is meant as a condition. The sketch should work from now um, after I die, once I die. You can't give a get after you die, so that's why he says, well, I only want to, uh, to, uh, uh, to take uh, effect. I want to take effect now on condition that I end up dying. So just like for Kiddushin, he interprets it as a tenai, so also here he interprets it as a tenai, and that's it a B. What is it a B? So what does Shemuel do with this? But this Baraita, this opinion of Rabbanan, right? And Rav lined up with uh, with Rabbanan and the B lined up with Shemuel as we said yesterday. So that's totally fine. According to Rabbi Yochanan that we just saw who says when someone makes a, a statement like this from now and after some time, he's leaving space in between to put extra bricks in. Well, in the, in the case of Kiddushin, it's just a fake and she needs a divorce from everybody. But in the case of a get, when you use that language, and so you left out some of the marital bond, you're like, you're somewhat part, uh, uh, divorced, but maybe some, maybe something else can happen and you're not totally divorced. So there's a general rule regarding get, that a get is all or nothing. You can't, you can't uh, give someone a get and leave an open 
open condition, on condition that you never drink uh, any uh, uh, any wine for the rest of your life. That's not a total divorce. A divorce has to sever her completely. And this is not a complete severance because we don't know what it means. He's leaving space uh, uh, from now and after death. And we don't know that what that means. Does that mean now? Does that mean after? And it's good get? Does that mean after death? And it's not a good get? And so this should be canceled out completely, not be a good get at all. And therefore, since it's not a good get, once he dies, that's the, it's the death that separated them. And if he died without children, then the brother should be should be able to do yibum. That's the challenge according to the Biochanan. Rav explains, no, this is a complete severance. You know why? Because a get um, uh, serves to remove her, uh, the wife from her husband, and death also serves to remove the wife from her husband. That's two ways of severing a marriage, is get or death of the husband. And so, even though the get still left some remnants, because it's not a complete divorce because we don't know what it means but whatever remnants are left off death will certainly follow and then she'll be completely removed and therefore this language is okay even though it's ambiguous and he said the this get is from now and after death one way or another after he dies there is no more marriage and so therefore it should be good we're not leaving anything over this language has a complete severance one way or another that's Ava's explanation of Rabbi Yochanan. Abaye says that's not a good answer, Rava, uh, uh, because not the same. A get um, removes her not only from her husband, but also from the Yavam, from the surviving brother-in-law. Once you give a get, that's it. She's totally free to marry anyone, and she has, has no connection to the Yavam. There's no Zika. Whereas death, it's true, it, meant, it, it removes the, the marriage from the guy the guy who died the, the first husband but actually death makes her closer to um ma makes a marriage responsibility a zika with the yabam and does not sever the marriage does not sever her obligation to marry someone in the family completely and so no she's not totally severed if you're going to take the get and the and death they don't work together they actually work at odds with each other with regard to the yavam and so that's not a sufficient answer rather abayas is really even according to the Biochanan, if you say from now and until after death, it's actually not a good divorce at all because it's not a complete severance. So there's no divorce and really she could do, could do Yibum. Why don't we allow her to do Yibum? Because if a Gezera, you might confuse the language of here's a get from, uh, from today and after death. That language sounds a lot like this phrase, from today, if I die. Now, from today, if I die, is a good, is a valid get. But if, if we allow yibum in the first case of now and after death, and we say, okay, you're allowed to do yibum, and then people might say, well, isn't that the same as from now if I die? And they might come to allow yibum in the sat case also. But in that case, yibum is totally not allowed, isur karet. And so therefore we make a gezerah, don't do yibum in the first case, even though it's technically allowed, do chalitza, so that in this case also, you will not come, make sure, you will make sure not to come and do yibum, because in this case, it is in fact a valid get.
All right, good. Now we ask, imati mitah. Why do we make now make another gezera the other way around? That if a, a man says from today, if I should die, we should require them to do chalitza, even though from the letter of the law this is a valid get, and therefore you don't need chalitza or yibum. She can just go and marry someone. We should require her to do chalitza uh, so that because it's confused, because we might confuse it with our case of now and after thirty days uh, which we just said that you have to do halisa and so since they're confusing so we should require that you do halitza in the case of mahayom imati so that we'll make sure that you do halitza mahayom ulahar mita okay why don't we make a gezer that gezerah also no that's not good imata omed cholesit mitabemet no but now we're going to worry if you require chalitza in the case of mehayom imati and you're doing that just for gezerah so you don't confuse it with the other one you have a bigger confusion that you should worry about if you require chalitza people might think that you can do yibum but doing yibum here would be in isur karet because it's a valid get you said from today if I should die that's a conditional but it works retro- retroactively and so there the, the get is totally valid we're just going to require you you want to require chalitza in case you confuse it with the other case but if you require chalitza the people will say oh look you have to do chalitza i guess that means you could do yibum also so we certainly don't want to make that gezera so now we ask for the other way around in our case of from now and after death uh, where you said, really, according to the Biochanan, since it doesn't sever, so there's no get at all here. So really, you could do Yibum. But you know what? Do Chalitza just in case. Um, it, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it, it, it gets confused with this case. So over here also, why don't you say the same thing? If you, if you allow them to do Chalitza, then they're going to do Yibum. So we answer to that. They can do Yibum, right? There's no problem uh, of doing Yibum in this case because we just said that according to the Biochanan, there is no get here. And really, you could do, do Yibum. We just said do Chalitza so that here, so that you don't do Yibum in the Mehayom Imati case, which would be in Isur Karet. But if you would end up thinking, oh, since I have to do Chalitza here, you know what? That means I can do Yibum and you would be violating that Rabbanan Gezerah. Okay, so yeah, you violated Rabbanan Gezerah, but really in this case, you actually could do Yibum from the letter of the law. So you're not having, you're not running into any Deoraita problem. Um, we're just, really you could do Yibum. There's no, there's no get in this case. Rabbi Yochanan says, there's no, you didn't sever the marriage, so therefore the get is nothing. You could do Yibum. We're just saying, you know what, don't do Yibum, do Chalitza in case uh, someone mixes it up with the with this other case. So, and they might come to do Yibum there, so we want to make sure that they do Chalitza there. Now, if you say, in this case of now and after, you say, well, since I could do Chalitza, I could do Yibum. Okay, do Yibum. That was the original law to begin with. So, we don't have to worry that it will come to any Deoraita prohibition. That brings us to the next Mishnah. A man tells a woman, you are Mikudeshet to me on condition that I give you 200 zoos. Then the, the Kiddushin is valid, um, but he does have to give the 200 zoos in order to, for it to be valid. I'll bring a machloket about this. Uh, is this a condition? And it works retroactively, right? You are married to me from now. 
when I give you, um, uh, uh, from now, if I should give you, uh, is it an if statement or does it mean when? I'll be married to you when I give it, meaning only when I give it. Okay, so we'll discuss this more. Second case, If he says, I'm Mikudeshet to you on condition that I give you this money, Within 30 days, then he has to give it within 30 days. As long as he gives within 30 days, the Kiddushin will be valid. And again, either way, either retroactively or on that 15th or 20th day, whenever he gives it, depending on if you understand this as a condition, uh, as an if or a when. But if he passes the 30 days and gives it to her on the 31st day, sorry, too late. The, the, the condition is not fulfilled. And there is no Kiddushin. Third case, He says here, I'm Kiddushin to you um, on condition that I have 200 Zuz. He wants to show I'm, uh, I'm somewhat wealthy. I'm not uh, totally impoverished. Um, then the Kiddushin is good as long as he does own it. He doesn't have to have it with him there. Here, it could be that he has it in a different location far away. Someone's holding it from whatever. As long as he owns 200 Zuz somewhere, the Kiddushin is good. If he says on condition that I show you 200 zoos, then the Kiddushin is valid as long as he shows it to her. In this case, if he owns, if he has 200 zoos far away, not good. He has to have it on hand, right, um, uh, so that he can show it to her. Now, if he so shows her 200 zoos on the table, let's say he's a money changer, and he has a table full of coins. He says, on condition that I show you 200 zoos. So see right here, look on the table, 200 zoos. That's not good. Because when what he means by if I show you 200 zoos is he means 200 zoos that I own. The money on the table is not owned by him. This is a, a deposits that other people gave. You can't just, you know, on condition that I... Um, that uh, that I have lots of jewelry. That I show you lots of jewelry. I show you in the store window here lots of jewelry. No, no. He means that I show you that I have it and I have it here with me. But he has to own it. Only then is it kiddushin. Good. Itmar Rav Huna Amar Vehu Yiten. Rav Yuda Amar Lech Sheyiten. Rav Huna Amar Vehu Yiten. Tenaa Have Mekayem Tenaa Veazil. In the first case, if he says you are mikudesh to me on condition that I give you two hundred zoos, Rav says. The uh, condition is fulfilled from now as long as he gives it. Rav Yudha says only when he gives it. Rav Yudha explains because it's a condition and therefore um, as long as he fulfills the condition, though, so retroactively from the time that he said so, the uh, the condition is fulfilled retroactively. She is mikudeshet. Rav Yuda Amar Lich Sheyiten. He says no, it doesn't mean if, but rather when. So he says you're mikudeshet to me when I give you two hundred zoos, and he doesn't give it today. He gives it to her in two days from now. Then the kiddushin only takes effect in two days from now when. He gives her the money. My Benayu, what would be a practical difference between them? Let's say in the meantime, in, uh, in between those two days, on the next day, um, someone else comes and gives her Kiddushin and she accepts it, accepts it from some other man. The second guy is out because she is married to the first guy retroactively as long as he fulfills the condition. Whereas according to Rav Yehuda, 
the second guy wins because he gave his Kiddushin before the first guy did. The first guy waited too long and because he interprets it as a when, not an if. Now this machloket between Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda is also mentioned in the case of Get with the same language. A man tells a woman, here is your Get and it will be effective on condition that you give me 200 zoos. So the get is effective, but she does have to pay the money. Now, when does the get come go into effect? And here again, Rav says it means if you give me, so it works from now as long as she fulfills the condition. At some point, there she is, the get is valid retroactively from the time that he says it. Whereas Rav Yudah says, no, this language parses into here's your get and it will be effective when you, not if, but when you give me the 200 zoos. Rav Yudah So explaining further, Rav Yudah says, as long as she gives it, it's a condition. And if the condition is fulfilled, then she goes on her way and she is divorced from the time that he says the condition. No, what it means, uh, this means when you give me 200 zoos, so only when he pay, she pays the money, then the get is effective. But right now, there is no get until she pays the money. My benai will be a practical difference between them. The difference would be if in between, the get gets torn up or lost. According to Rav Yudah, it's no problem because he gave her the get and she took it. So the get was transferred now and takes effect now. It's just that the condition will have to be fulfilled eventually. Otherwise, it will not have been good. But the get is given and is effective now. Just make sure to do to give to, to give the money at some point. So it's no problem if it gets lost afterwards. Whereas according to the Yudah, he is giving the get now, but he says it's not effective now. It's only effective uh, in two days, whenever you give the money. She pays money in two days. But if in the meantime, the get gets lost. So now when she pays the money, there is no get to take effect. So now uh, there is the, there, there is no get and uh, she is not divorced. Usricha. Now why do I have to mention this machlok between Rav Yudah and um, uh, Rav Huna in both contexts? We don't actually know which context they said it in. They probably just said it. Maybe they only said it in one context. Maybe they said it in both contexts. Whatever it is. Wherever they originally said it, we teach it in both contexts. Why is that necessary? Because if we only knew the context of Kiddushin, in that case, I would say maybe Rav considers that a condition and it applies retroactively from now because Kiddushin is bringing them together. And a person, when he's doing Kiddushin, he's excited about it and wants it to happen as soon as possible. So he's going to say, from now. But Kiddushin, where he's, he's trying to divorce her and they're trying to separate, so there, maybe he wants to push it off because he doesn't want it to happen uh, right away, you might have thought. And so there, when he says, in that case, when you pay me, Maybe because he doesn't really want to get divorced right away and he's, he's delaying it. So he, well, there he means um, when you pay me, not if you pay me. So maybe uh, Rav Huna would agree to Rav Yehuda in the case of divorce. That's why he has to tell me that no, even in the case of divorce, Rav Huna 
um, uh, uh, also says that it's a condition and it happens retroactively. And the other way around, and if it only said this regarding divorce, maybe I would say Ravuna only thinks that in the case of divorce, it happens retroactively. Because the guy is not embarrassed to go and get the money from her. He's going to say, he's going to say this will be, uh, this divorce will happen from, uh, from now. Um, uh, on condition that you pay me. And so it'll happen from now. And now the guy, he wants a divorce. So he's going to go after her and say, hey, pay me money, pay me money, and um, and uh, keep harassing her until she pays. A guy's not embarrassed to ask for money. But in the case of Kiddushin, where um, where he says, I'll be, I'll be Mikudesha to you on condition, the man says, on condition that I give you the woman 200 zoos. Now, if you say that it works retroactively, yeah, but the thing is, she may be embarrassed um, to uh, to go and ask for money. She's the bride. She has to go and say, knock on his door every day and call him and uh, get a collection agency. Oh, where's my money already? She's embarrassed to do that. They're supposed to be, you know, romantic. And so she may, uh, she may not want to. And therefore, in her mind, she's not going to agree to such a condition. In her mind, she'll say, she'll be like, listen, when you pay me the money, then I'll agree to Kiddushin. When? Not if. Right? I'm, I'm not agreeing now because I'm going to be embarrassed to come and ask for it. That's what she's thinking. So therefore, if you only told me about Rav Huna's opinion in the case of a get, I might say, in the case of uh, a get, then I might say in the case of Kiddushin, he would agree with Rav Yuda. So that's why I have to mention that Rav Huna holds his opinion both in the case of uh, uh, Kiddushin and in the case of Gitin. Good. Now we have a challenge to Rav Yehuda. We have this exact uh, case. Here is your get on condition that you give me 200 Jews, the man says to his wife. Even though it gets torn or lost um, before she pays, still the get is good. That means it happens retroactively. Um, now, she should not get married until she pays, because if she doesn't pay, then the get is no good. So she, you know, if, you, if he says, here's your get, on condition that you pay, uh, that you pay. And she doesn't pay, she goes and gets remarried. That's a problem, because there is no get. She has to make sure to pay, and then she can go get married. So this supports the retroactive opinion of Rav Huna, that it's a condition. This is a challenge to Rav Yehuda. A further challenge, same case, a man says, here's your get, on condition that you pay me 200 zoos. Umet, and then he dies. Um, if she had given him money while he was alive, then the get is valid. And even if, let's say, the husband didn't, he didn't have children, she doesn't have to. She has no zikat to the boom because she was already divorced, so she can go free and she can marry anyone. But if she didn't pay. In the meantime, and then he died before she pays. Now it's too late. How she can't she can't pay a dead guy, and so um, and now the 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 get was not valid because the condition was not fulfilled, and he died without children. So she has to go do ibum or halisa. That's the opinion of Tanakama.
Laban Shimon ben Gamliel Omed notenet lachiv ole aviv ole had mina kerobim. Rashbag says it's okay even after the guy dies she can still fulfill the condition by giving the two hundred zoos to one of her husband's heirs to his brother to his his father or to anyone whoever whichever one of the relatives is inheriting him. Yes, you can do it even after death. Now ad kana pelige ela de morsavar liv elol yorshai morsavar fili yorshai. Now what's the machloket between Tanakamar Rashbag? It's only the question of when the guy said unless you here's your get uh on condition that you pay me so does he mean me only and not to my heirs that would be tanakama whereas rashbag says pay until you pay me pay me or any of my heirs he has also included that implicitly in um in the, in the wording that's just about how we parse the condition but but everybody agrees that it's a condition because the the get does work retroactively from the time that he that he says the condition right because it can't work after death certainly not so you see here this is a challenge to Rav Yudah because in both of these but I thought they support Rav Huna and that it works retroactively and so we have a serious challenge to Rav Yudah how could he answer these says, yeah, who's the author of those, both of those, but I taught? It's Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. Because after all, Rav Huna said, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, see, there's a relation here. Rav Huna reported this very um, uh, statement in the name of Rabbi, and anytime you say, on condition, uh, you're implying from now, right? If once a condition was fulfilled, then the act applies from now. Uh, it's as if you said from now, where, that's, but that's only opinion of Rabbi. The majority of the rabbis disagree, and I follow the majority, that when you say uncondition, that means when the condition is fulfilled, only then will the will it will it take effect so don't i have no problem i i have a different i have i'm in fact the majority you're following just to be i am following rabbanan gufa now we're going to analyze further a statement that we already said amarav huna amar rabbi kolamed amanat kiomer marshav dame rabbanan report the name of rabbi udana see that when you make a condition what you mean is that it should the condition should be fulfilled retroactively actively from now so Rabbi Zera, he, he lived in uh, both Bavel, then he moved to Eretz Israel, but he went back and forth. So he reports that when he went to Bavel, um, in Bavel they taught that this statement of Rav Yehuda, the name of Rabbi, that Amenat uh, means uh, retroactively from now, is only the opinion of Rabbi, but the rabbis disagree, and they think that when you say uncondition, when you say Amenat, it means when I do it, only then it will happen. Okay, and that's how that's what we reported up here, and we said that Rav Yehuda can, get, um, can answer the challenges to those two taught by saying those two taught are the opinion of Rabbi, but Rav Yehuda says, I'm we're going to follow Rabbanan, that the words Amanat do not mean retroactively, but rather only when when you do that uh, when you do that action. And so the Rav Yehuda is consistent with the way the Machloket is understood in Bavel. However, when Rabbi Zerah went to Israel, he found Rabbi Yaseh, 
sitting and saying in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the primary teacher in Eretz Yisrael, he who said, In fact, everyone agrees, both Rabbi Yudanasi and Rabbanan, that when one says Al-Minat, it means retroactively from now. Everyone agrees to that. It's not just Rabbi's opinion. That's Rabbanan too. Um, where is the Machloket? The Machloket is only... The Braita that we mentioned uh, above and yesterday, when you say now and after death, that's where there's a machloket, and the B thinks it means it's a condition. Now, I'm giving you this get now and after death. He means that it will apply now. Um, it, once I die, right? When I die, if I die, then. It will happen, work retroactively from now. <clears throat> that was the opinion of Rabbi. Um, but in that case, Rabbanan said, I don't know if this is a condition. Maybe he changed his mind. And he means now. No, no, after death. So we don't know how to um, parse this. And therefore, it's a safik, get, and eno get. Rabbanan only disagree with the formula, but when if he says in Amenat, they agree that it happens retroactively. Now we ask, Vehatanya, uh, no, not ask, now we prove that this is true. This is the Braita that we've been talking about the whole time. Um, uh, here's your get from now and after death. So this is a get or not a get, according to Chachamim. Uh, you see, in this case, they disagree with Rabbi. Rabbi says it is a get. Because it works retroactively, no matter what the language is, this language also is retroactive. And the Rabbanan say, if you say Almanat, that means retroactively from now. But Mehayom Lachar Mita, that's just ambiguous language. And therefore, it could be now, it could be later. And so therefore, we have to um, assume the stringencies of it being get and it not being a get. Question to Rav Yehuda, who in Bavel, like the other people in Bavel, taught that the Machloket applies Amenat also, and Rabbanan, even in Amenat case, says that it applies only when you do the action. Why did the rabbis bother? Wakam Rabbi Yudan Chachamim said their Machloket in the case of Mehayom and Lachar Mita. Why didn't they uh, disagree with the case of Amenat? Since according to Rabbi Yudan, they disagree in both cases, but the Braita only mentions their disagreement in one case. And Rav Yudah is the one that said, oh, I know they only mentioned Mehayom al-Khamita, but they also disagree on Amenat. Why didn't they use Amenat as their primary place to express their Machloket? And the answer is, Because they wanted to show you to what extent the B says it works retroactively. Not only when you say Amenat, where that's uh, a, a regular reading of Aminat is, hear it, this is yours now, on condition that you do this, uh, so the condition will be fulfilled from now. That's, uh, um, uh, so they wanted to show you um, the, uh, so that, of course, it'd be, uh, that's me, it's, it's um, most people would say, yeah, it means now. But it wants to show you how the extent to which the be is lenient or uh, permits it, this, uh, this uh, retroactive, even in a very ambiguous language of now and after death, even then it works retroactively from now. That's why it mentioned the Machloket in that case. Wait a second. Wait, why not say the, say the Machloket in Amenat to say how stringent or, you know, not retroactive Rabbanan is that even in Amenat, 
where it sounds like it means from now on condition. No, even there it means only when it happens. So why not teach it over there to show us that the the power of Rabbanan and that's just Koch Tehetera Adifa. It's the the power of leniency is greater. This is a leniency in this case because he's saying the get is good. And now she can go get married. So that's a leniency. So we always want to show the power of leniency. It's easy for someone to say, not allowed. You can always say, not allowed. Right? But to, but to be able to show and prove that it's allowed, that is a greater chidush and takes greater power. And therefore, that's the bigger chidush we want to show that the B says, not only in Amenat, even Mayom al-Khamita, it works, works retroactively and the get is a valid get. The Mishnah mentioned the case where he says, here is your Kiddushin um, on condition that I pay you from now and within 30 days. So you have to, he has to pay within 30 days, otherwise it's no good. Isn't this obvious? Right? He said this is as a condition. I might have thought, maybe he didn't mean it as a real specific condition. Maybe he meant it only to motivate himself. Listen, here's your, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, here's your to me, um, and I'm going to give you the money within 30 days. I'm not committing to 30 days. I'm just saying, you know, don't worry, you'll get it soon. Probably within 30 days. Maybe he, I would have thought, maybe he doesn't mean it as a strict condition. Maybe it's 31, 32 days. He's just saying, you know, I'm going to give it soon. Don't worry about it. So, Kamash Malan, that we take the condition legally, seriously, and 31 days, no Kiddushin. Now, when he says, here's your Kiddushin, on condi- your condition, to me, on condition that I have, I'm not giving it to you, but that I have 200 zoos somewhere. He has to give her something, whatever. He gives her, uh, you know, one coin. Now, So we said, if he has the money, then the Kiddushin is good. If he doesn't, then uh, we imply, right, we infer that the Kiddushin is no good. But how could you ever prove that he doesn't have 200 zoos somewhere? To prove that he has it, that's easy, right? He can get, he can show it to her or have someone testify, yes, I, I'm holding 200 zoos for, for him or something like that. But how could, how could, how could you ever prove that it's not so, such that it would not be Kiddushin? Furthermore, there is a Baraita that says, we always have to worry that maybe he has the money and therefore we have to worry that the Kiddushin is good. So what do we, what are we going to do with this Braita? Um, and the answer is When the Mishnah says that if he has it, it's good Kiddushin. That means if he come, somehow proves that he has it, the Kiddushin is definitely good. If he doesn't prove it, then we never know. And that's in fact the case of the Braita. If he doesn't prove that he has it, then we ha- worry that maybe he does have 200 do somewhere. And so she's going to be Mikudeshet Misafek, and she won't be able to marry anybody else until she gets a get from this first guy. And lastly, if he says, I'll show you 200 zoos, um, uh, but not necessarily that he, um, and he shows it to her on the, he shows it to her on the table, that's no good. When use that language, I'm going to show you. It doesn't mean I'm going to show it to you in the bank. It means I'm going to show you that it's mine, right? She means I want to, I'll marry you if you have 200 zoos to your name, not just if you show me 200 zoos that someone else owns. Therefore, if he uh, shows it to her on the table, on the money-changing table, that's not good because has to, he has to own it. Pishita, isn't this obvious? The chidush is, I might have thought 
let's say he got this money because someone invested with him, right? He's starting a business. Someone said, listen, I'll give you this thousand dollars to invest in your business venture um, as a partnership. Um, so you might think that maybe that would be good, right? Look, this, this guy uh, invested in me, right? So um, there, therefore, see, I, I have money. And so the Mishnah has to teach us not so. It's not his own money. He's just investing so, someone else's money um, who trusted him with him, but with it, but he doesn't own it. He's going to have to give back that money. Um, and, uh, you know, with the, whatever, in, whatever deal that they made, whatever profit that they make. So it's not his money. He's just doing business with someone else's money. And therefore the Kiddushin in such a case is not valid. Let's now begin the next Mishnah, which is exactly parallel to the previous one. A man says to a woman, you're Mikodeshet to me on condition that I have a size, uh, uh, have land and a size of which can produce a cord of wheat. Um, and uh, if he has it, then the Kiddushin is valid. If he says, He says, I have some land in that particular place. Well, if he has land in that particular place, then the Kiddushin is good. If not, then it's not good. He says, on condition that I show you a bet cord, right? Not only that I'm going to, you trust me that I have it, I'm going to show you this land. So if he does show it to her, then the Kiddushin is good. But he has to show it to her. Uh, to fulfill the condition. But if he shows her some random piece of field in a, in a valley that he doesn't own, that uh, that's not good. He didn't mean if I show you a field. He meant if I show you a field that I own. So exactly a similar case to what we just saw. Now we ask, in the first case, which is that I have a bed cord, if he has it, then the Kiddushin is good. Does that mean to imply that if he doesn't have it, then there's no Kiddushin at all um, and she can go free? But maybe he has it somewhere. Like how could, how could anyone ever prove that he doesn't own something somewhere? Furthermore, and in fact, as a Brayta that says, we do have to be concerned and therefore she won't be able to, to get married to anybody else um, and uh, until he gives her a get, because we never can prove that he doesn't own something. And the answer, as before, the Mishnah was talking about when they said that if he has it, she's Mikudesh. That, if you want a definite Kiddushin, you'll have definite Kiddushin on the positive side if he, in fact, has it. But if he doesn't, then you're right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we'd not, if he doesn't show it to her, then you're right. We never know. And that's exactly what the Braita says. That's what when the Braita says, um, maybe he has, doesn't mean that for sure he has, just maybe he has a, a field. And therefore, we have to be concerned that he does have a field and that maybe they are married. So that's why she would need to get Misafik. Why do I need this whole Mishnah? I already had a Mishnah regarding money. Why do I need a, a, this Mishnah regarding land and also Mishnah regarding money? I need them both. If you only told me regarding um, uh, money, well, people do tend to hide money. So say in that case, I have to worry. Maybe he had money somewhere else. Maybe not. And so there's Kiddushin Misafik. But I might have thought that when he says, if I have land, well, it's harder to find, to hide land. If you own land, 
there's probably be, be a publicity about it, right? People know. Oh, does any does any he does this guy own land anywhere? Oh yeah, I remember he bought some land in that case, in that place over there. Cause a land you you buy with a shtad and you go to betin and so as, as witnesses and so people uh, generally know about it. And so if we find that there's no, I might have thought that if they find that no one knows of any land that he owns, then maybe the kiddushin would be invalid and she could go marry totally. That's why we have to teach this mishnah also that if he um, cannot, if he does not produce land. And then the Kiddushin is still a Safek because maybe he in fact does own land somewhere else. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.